Welcome to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast, the show for anyone wanting to be on the cutting edge of SaaS tech sales. We provide the tools you need to take advantage of the rapidly changing sales environment. We bring you the leading experts on the front lines of SaaS sales and distill down our famous masterclasses into bite-sized practical tips. Your hosts will be Ash Ali and Matt Milligan. And on this podcast, we'll be helping you transform your ability to sell more so you can smash your targets. Hey everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of our SaaS Expert interview series. I hope you're really well. This episode covers Matt Milligan's conversation with Anu Pakira, the Chief Revenue Officer at SMARP, a productivity platform expert. Anup's valuable management strategies are the result of over a decade of experience on the front lines of SaaS, and we're more than excited, therefore, to share the following. So, with no further ado, here are Matt Milligan and Anu Pakira. All right, awesome. Anu, great to have you on, and thanks for joining us in the next edition of this remote sales culture study it's fantastic to see you today and looking forward to digging deeper into some of the topics that you've experienced in the last 12 months obviously 2020 has been a super interesting year for sales leaders all across the board and obviously very familiar with your background and amazing experience in SaaS, e-commerce crm for those who are either listening or reading to this if you wouldn't mind would you just give us a bit of the backstory talk us through your career journey to date and what it is you're up to today well, first of all, Matt, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My name is Anup Kira, currently Chief Revenue Officer here at Smart. My background now, well, I think I've been in SaaS for about 12 years now. Predominantly started through MarTech, so kind of worked up through like your Smart Focus's exact target at the time, which then got acquired by Salesforce to become Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and then did some stuff at Dot Digital. Now kind of moved first role, actually, in SaaS outside of the kind of MarTech space, so currently here at Smart. Awesome. And how long have you been at Smart for now, Anik? So it's been best part about 18 months now, of which obviously a large proportion have been 2020 with lockdown. So I joined Smart probably middle of August 2019 to come in as Chief Revenue Officer to see if we can help kind of scale the organization. For people that don't know Smart, Smart's an employee communications and employee advocacy platform in a way covid has been bad for everyone it's not a good thing covid at all but it's been kind of good for us because it's really kind of accelerated the need for having a mobile first employee communications platform i can imagine so looking forward to going deeper into some of that today i mean you mentioned there 2020 has obviously been a tough year for everyone thinking about the topic for this piece of research and remote sales cultures it's been top of mind for sales leaders i think particularly in our experience the last three months i think The transition to remote initially was fairly seamless for most technology SaaS businesses. But tell us a bit more about your team and how that transition has kind of gone down. You know, it'd be great to learn a bit more about the structure of the team, how big it is, and how have they adapted to fully remote? Good question, Matt. So basically, I have a team of 25 across the globe. I think in the business, my team is the kind of tourist remote team, right? So I've got people in all of the office locations that I've mentioned previously. 25 of those. And if you look at remote working and how it's impacted, I think our customer base is global. So we've always kind of been used to not having FaceTime with all of our customers. It's always been done a large proportion on your kind of web meetings. So there is an element there that the team were kind of used to working that way. I think the bit that's made it difficult is their own kind of interactions with each other. So that internal knowledge base and the sharing, just even the kind of good morning, how's your weekend? As you're walking past someone in a coffee machine, I think it has been difficult at times. I think as any organization, or especially in our organization, we've had some really, really good months where everyone's on fire. And then you have a few weeks in the interim where people are a little bit low. 
because they kind of missed that kind of camaraderie and the team collaboration. But we're trying all we can to make sure that we kind of minimize the impact of that remote working. Of the 25 that you've got on your team today, how many of those have you hired this year? And it'd be great to learn a bit more about what that onboarding experience has been like for you as a leader. So when I joined, part of it was to kind of scale up the team, which meant that hiring was going to always be part of the plan, just based upon the business plan that was put in place. I think I've hired now, Matt, probably about five or six as an individual contributors. I've actually hired two leaders as well, actually. One started literally when lockdown happened, and that was in the US. A new leader is going to start in January for me. So I've had to hire through the process. So we've had to make sure that it's been a really good onboarding experience for people coming into SMART, right? That first interaction, you don't know anyone in your organization. Yes, you've done the job before selling something else or you know the basis of the job, but it's always different coming into a business. So we need yeah. to make them feel part of the smart culture, really feel part of the team and kind of help enable them in our platform and in our processes as well. So it's been a bit of a, bit of a challenge, but we've kind of got a good structure in place now. And I think we're getting better every time. It's great to hear as well, using your own product internally as part of that. Has that been something that you've been able to do? 100%. I don't want it to sound like a shameless plug here, Matt, but yeah, the fact that we've got a platform, again, mobile first designed for people remote with you on the move, that enables you to get content that's specific to you and your job so that you are more productive, you're more engaged, has helped immensely, right? So being able to deliver the content that people need, be it from new and onboarding through to someone that's more experienced and here for a long time, but just needs information in order to do their job more efficiently, effectively. We've definitely been using our own product. Yeah, we practice what we preach. That's fantastic to hear. Alongside many other great names, we spoke in a previous conversation, you mentioned some of the creative approaches that you've used to, I guess, reinforce and maintain that remote culture. I think you mentioned around meeting room links and having, you know, a virtual office that you keep open. Tell us a bit more about that as a kind of idea and where did that come from? bit by accident, so I'm not going to take full credit for it. Well, I've always kind of had an open door policy regardless, right? I kind of look at that I'm part of the team. We are one team. If anyone wants to kind of talk or questions and just I always reach out, come up to my desk, talk to me. And when we went remote, I just ended up finding that I was kind of going from creating one link to a web conference, going for the next. And people kept asking me as well to send the details. So I just created a virtual office and it just kind of stays on. And now when people drop me a Slack to say, look, have you got a couple of minutes? Yeah, and they just come in straight away. So they just click on the link and they're in my virtual office. And so that's one place that I've got that the teams can always come and talk to me. That's brilliant. I think that's so refreshing to see. I think having been in that position myself where it might only be five minutes of input you need from a leader on something, you know, a proposal or get a second opinion on something. Not being able to get that, especially when you're remote, I think can end up, you feel isolated, you know, you can feel a bit lost. So it's great to see that you've got that visibility and transparency. You're right, man. I think sometimes it's the small things where it's just pricing that needs validated or can you just run over this proposal or here's the deck that I've got for my next meeting. Would you mind just making sure it's okay? Being remote means that impacts productivity, right? Because if you're having to wait a long time, normally in an office environment, you could just literally tap your colleague or myself or anyone on the shoulder and just ask, would you have a look at this? And I think now by having this, it's actually just improved that as well. It's nice and refreshing for me that people don't see there's a kind of divide between leadership and the team, it's just simple as, okay, we're all fighting to get the job done. Our goals are aligned and it's just about less working well together. Yeah. We talk a lot, obviously, around hitting the number. Hitting the number has to be the number one priority. But 
thinking about measurement of your team, have you thought about doing anything differently this year in terms of the way that you're measuring your folks? Overall, I don't think there's been a huge change. Okay, I think if you look at the basic KPIs that you would look at when it comes to sales leadership, they are still in play. However, the ways in which people or the channels in which they may, for example, create pipeline, you take into account. So in some organizations, if you've got very, very strict KPIs on, okay, how many calls or emails or channels that you may use, you're going to take into account that right, everyone's remote, even your customers now. So you can't make the calls that you may have done previously if you're in that environment in an office because like a lot of the HQs for your customers are no longer there. You can't get hold of them. So we take that into account, but we also look at creative ways to ensure that we can still help with that challenge. So if we need to create pipeline, what ideas could we do just to make sure that we can still continue with the lifeblood in that respect? Most KPIs haven't changed significantly in what we do. We'll come on to talk about the motivation and well-being side of your team in just a moment. But obviously, there's been a number of challenges this year. What are you seeing as some of the key challenges for not just your team, but for sales teams in general right now? I'd probably look at them in two buckets. One is the uncontrollable challenges versus stuff that's in their control. So when I look at uncontrollable, one of the big challenges that teams has been, well, COVID-19, you can't ignore the fact, right? So I think when that first happened, there was a subset of customers or kind of prospects or what happened to your pipeline. A number of companies were just like, stop, we're not doing anything for a period of time to understand what this is going to look like. You then had another bucket of customers that were like, okay, we're just going to continue with what we've got in place. If we're in a process, we're going to finish that process off. And then there was just the others that would kind of just strategically pick the few things that they needed in order to be able to kind of operate. But what we're kind of seeing now is that kind of comeback where people have realized, really don't want to use this term, the new normal, but I suppose I will. And I think we are kind of getting back to business as usual around what's there. And if you look at the stuff that's in people's control, I think some of the challenges would have been the kind of camaraderie, the knowledge share, training, being able to offer each other advice and best practice, what's working, what's not working. And obviously we do all our best to try and pass that information between our teams and between our people, but there is an added element of difficulty with the remote workforce. For sure. I think you hit the nail on the head there. One thing that's come up a lot in the other interviews we've already run as part of this series is the market has been very fluid and perceptions have been changing pretty rapidly, almost feels day by day. I'll be keen to hear from you, you know, on the side of knowledge sharing and training. I mean, how do you think that your team could benefit from sharing experiences with other SaaS sales teams, you know, external perspectives and that kind of community side to training? In short, massively, I think there's so much to be learned from sharing best practice and knowledge, as you said. I think when you look at what we do, I'm part of groups where I'm part of sales leadership in software, and it doesn't matter what you're selling, what industry you're in. I think that the challenges that you go through, the kind of goals that you're asked to achieve, the roadblocks that may happen are kind of uniform and consistent across a number of different industries and even products. And likewise, if you're tossed from an individual contributor point of view of going to market and being able to get out the value proposition and sell your product or offering, you're going to come up against the similar roadblocks. And it's sometimes about having people that have been there, may have encountered a similar challenge, have worked out what worked, what didn't work, right? Why make mistakes someone's made already and being able to share that? I think that's pretty invaluable. Yeah, absolutely. And I wrote a post on LinkedIn last week, which actually used Jose Mourinho as an example of that. I don't know how into football you are, but you think about Jose Mourinho as a tactician, 
how he prepares his sides for each match. It's meticulous attention to detail. And I think there's a lot to learn from the way that high-performing teams like, unfortunately, Spurs at the moment <laughs> are being able to do that, you know, and continuously improve week on week. As opposed to, I guess, just jumping into a knowledge sharing or training session once a year, perhaps. Yeah, it's a refinement of skills. And mentioning the Spurs example to an Arsenal fan, probably wasn't ideal, Matt. But <laughs> thanks for rubbing it in just as we're going through some hard times. I just, but to your point, refinement and constant practice is something that everyone should be doing, regardless of what level you are in an organisation, what your role is in an organisation. I think just you could always be better. Right? I think we could all be better. And that takes just enablement and continuous, like you said, like looking at the strategy and looking at what you're doing well, what you're not doing well and improving. We spoke briefly about measurement, thinking about the fully remote environment we're in now. Is it perhaps slightly harder to have a pulse on how the team are doing, how they're feeling, you know, above and beyond just the KPI numbers? You know, would you value being able to get a regular pulse into your team and how they're performing on a monthly or quarterly basis? Yeah, I think that would be super useful. And the reason I say that is because there's so much that you don't see, right? When you look at, I've got 25 people in my team. I can't know how they're all feeling every day, right? And there's going to be personal circumstances, situation, people having good days, bad days. But a lot of the time, like in an office environment, you can almost sense if someone's in a bad mood or had a tough day just by the energy that they're kind of giving off really difficult at the moment so you have to kind of check in when you can on a regular basis and I suppose now more than ever as a leader having high levels of emotional intelligence are probably more yeah. needed than ever. 100% agree with you there and something that's come out a lot in recent conversations with sales leaders is this concept of actually holding my hands up and it's been refreshing to see that I don't have all the answers we've kept our office the team have been fully remote for the best part of the year. I think across the board, what leaders have seen is the team are more productive, remote, but they also feel a bit more stressed. And I've really enjoyed the conversation today. For those listening or reading this, I mean, where can they find out more information about you as a leader, as a thought leader? And also, where can they find out more about the amazing work you're doing at Smart? Thanks, Matt. So obviously, please connect me on LinkedIn, Anup Kira. Likewise, please, if you're interested in Smart and what we do, want to help your teams if they're all mobile and remote at the moment to help with productivity and engagement it's www.smart.com amazing and thanks so much for your time and look forward to catching up soon thanks matt pleasure thank you for having me on so thank you for listening to the SaaS sales performance podcast at uhubs we help businesses develop and upskill their teams to see how you stack up against the industry's best or to get marketing and sales tips from SaaS experts check out uhubs.co.uk